Hey, we're moving in together. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Florian and Spencer. Yeah, you're blurry right now. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Yeah, can. I'm a supporter of human beings. Beans, 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 beans. What? Beans, beans, beans. Yes. We support beings. Human beings here on the show. All types of things, but especially human beings. The here beings, in the bowl. The beings of the human variety. Fully supported. Hey, you're back. It's Token Tuesday 7-6. That's July 6, 2021. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm the lovely Dame DeLorean. And joining us tonight, once again, is a little Wolf Cub. Wolf Cub John, John in the house. Yeah, that's right. He's still hanging out. Maybe hanging out for a bit as it grows. Until he gets big enough to leave a little nap during the show but hey first few months of life man gotta be hanging out with him yeah gotta keep him near mom gotta do it might hear a little bit of a uh, whistle crack whistle crack as some some of the discount fireworks get shot off here oh yes in the hood there were a few m80s earlier so it might get loud too yeah oh. rock the walls a bit <laughs> it's always fun it's always fun um, yeah, back at it. Fourth of July was a blast. Shot a bunch of guns off. Shot a bunch of fireworks off. We They got a hold of some Tannerite, which I had never seen in person. Just seeing, like, on YouTube videos. And, of course, we did that story a, a while back of them blowing up. Was oh. it, like, five pounds of Tannerite or something? I don't recall the amount, but it was a lot. It might have been more than that, even. It was a lot. For that gender reveal party. These guys had like the quarter pound jars that you mix and shoot and then it blows up. Kaboom! That's fun though. Leaves a cool little cloud behind it when it blows sky high. I think they demolished some watermelons. All that good stuff. Out in the country. Yeah, I was a bit off grid this weekend. Couldn't get text. Couldn't get no data. A little break. So I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world, but that's all right. Yeah, you uh, manned the smoker. That's right, I did. Saturday into Sunday. I did. I smoked two big-ass pork butts. Um, Delicious. Yeah, it turned out good. I had a new rub that I got for Father's Day from the chiropractors. That's right. Turned out pretty delicious. So. Was that from Kansas City's own Grinders? It was indeed, yes. The rub is from Grinders. And it was a big jar, so I didn't use, like, the whole jar on two butts like I thought I would. Got more of that where it came from. And speaking of smoking butts, uh, I got an urgent message from the Duke, and we had to move the No Agenda meetup, the KC meetup. Oh. So we pushed it one week uh, further. Now it's going to be on the 31st of July. Still, uh, still trying to figure out the venue. But I know it'll be at some kind of local park, and we'll do a little outdoor cookout of the Duke. His family will be there. C-Mike uh, will be there. 
Duke Fugazoto, that is. Um, yeah, and hope to have the whole KC gang. Hope to have a really nice big one. I'm going to be smoking some pulled pork and uh, we'll coordinate further. But keep your eye on no agendameetups.com. I'll be spamming the link out all over the place. And, of course, we'll make a promo once we have that location set. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Do a nice, fun promo. And we want to we wanna throw a, a big, good one for... Uh, Duke Fugazoto's return. Been anticipating it for a long time, so now that he's back, we want to do a big one. Um, I guess we should uh, talk about a little bit about value for value. Uh, since we're at the beginning of the show, we don't want to get too deep into it ever before. We thank uh, everyone who makes the show work and the show possible, our producers. And um, this is a value for value podcast. So that means we put it out every week. Sometimes you get two a week, like last week, uh, when Carolyn joined us for a Bulls with Buds episode. Carolyn Blaney of Hog Story. So that was a lot of fun. We want to thank her for coming on. You can find the Carolyn Blaney interview and all of the Bulls with Buds episodes by going to bullswithbuds.com. And uh, they'll all be there for you. You can click through them and listen, have a listen. That was a very fun one. Yeah, it was a blast. We both got a little bit lit. You got outright hammered, though, yeah. toward the end. <laughs> that was fun. It was fun. You that was a good one. Got some good white Russians going. Oh, man. I just had a hankering for white Russians. I was like, I'm, that's it. I'm making a white Russian tonight. There was the part in the post show where you were just trying over and over to log into Google. and Yeah. It wasn't going anywhere, and I, I knew at that point. I was like, whoa. Computers and me on most substances is not a good mix. She's definitely and hammered. Drunk Lorian changed her password. <laughs> oh, God. Did the but library figu- block, block your password? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you told me the next day, you're like, well, you changed that password last night. And I was like, you let Drunk Lorian change her password? I didn't kidding? let you do anything. You were just doing it. I just did it. But I, uh, I knew exactly what it was, which was good. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I was trying to get that show art to you, right. but I had made it using my phone, and so you were like, it's not on the computer, it's on your phone, and I was so drunk, I just wasn't hearing you, I guess. Well, I'll say for uh, value for value, this is a very light week. I mean, the moose factor is pretty high with this crowd. We uh, got about 700 sats in from streaming over the last week, so I think I think that's just a single source. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we encourage you to return value or uh, even fancier, use a new podcast app, podcast apps, uh, newpodcastapps.com, I should say. We'll give you a bunch of them. And a lot of those let you stream Satoshis, uh, CurioCaster, PodFriend, Breeze, Sphinx Chat. And I heard on the latest uh, podcast 2.0, Sphinx is having a lot of issues with visibility and um, people being able to actually receive the value, we have had big boosts, four-figure boosts, five-figure boosts uh, that don't come through on the Sphinx app. They haven't come through in the past. So were you trying to kind of diagnose the problem? But we also have been encouraging people to try and break those bigger boosts up into smaller ones because, like, the 420s seem to come through just fine and, um, I know Adam sometimes since 404 and Dave 133 a lot and uh, all of those worked 
and then sometimes people boost like 3333 and that come that's come in once but only once out of like I think this six or seven times it's been tried and I also had Dame Jennifer try to boost 33333 which also never ended up making it through the channel somehow I don't know so it's it is it is the new frontier and we're still doing a lot of troubleshooting and testing and just kind of uh uh beta if not alpha testing on on all of those fronts but we do uh appreciate you evaluating the value you get out of the show and returning that uh and if you have a friend who you've passed the bowl to and you know they've been hitting it and you know uh they've been mooching you can always call them out as a mooch who are you huh some third class mooch who are you um we do have uh, other ways to contribute besides just sending in um, magical internet money or cock bucks via PayPal. You can also s uh, give us your time or talent. Of course, every week we have a new voicemail topic. We call it the first time I ever. And we just pick a random thing. So this week's first time is uh, first time I ever came in a room. And I think, uh, well, Carolyn definitely came up with the idea, but I think she even said... She was thinking along the lines of first time I ever came in a room full of people. Uh, which can be added or not added as you wish, as you please. We just kept it the simple one. First time I ever came in a room on our topic. But if you want to contribute, you can always leave a voicemail discussing that first time you ever did that thing. First time you ever came in a room. Maybe it was full of people, maybe it wasn't. Either way. There is also the text line, same number if you're a little bit voice shy. You can always text us, and uh, that will also come through. Be able to read your text on the air, keep you anonymous, all of that stuff. Whatever you like. Uh, whatever makes you happy. Um, also, I'm happy to report that Metal Moment is back. Woohoo! From Reverend Cyber Trucker. So I appreciate that. We'll be playing that coming up. Um... We got a package in the bowl, too. We did get a package. We got a little uh, gift. From Jamie, so I will read the note. It says, Hi, Spencer and Lorian. A gift for Mama so baby can grow up to be strong and healthy. And Jamie sent us some nutraceuticals, which are very awesome, and I have added them to my daily regimen. Yeah, we grow up big and strong on the nutraceuticals. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And, uh... Any time you want to uh, figure out how to send gifts to the bowl or whatever, um, you can reach out on a couple of different places. Uh, I'm on noagendasocial.com, at Sir Spencer. I'm there as at Lorian. And you can also email us, Spencer at bullafterbowl.com. Or Lorian at bullafterbowl.com. Happy to take your correspondences and all that good stuff. Um, another thing you can do to help the show we're uh entered in the podcast awards.com nominated in the uh 
society and culture category, I believe. Oh. So you can pick us for that uh, society and culture category as well as the Adam Curry People's Choice Award. All I got to do is go to podcastawards.com and sign up with your email and confirm the email that comes to you. And then, uh, boom, you can vote for bowl after bowl. Uh, yeah, it's cool. a fun thing. Fun thing to be able to do, and uh, a free thing to be able to do. You can do it for free. And it would help us out. It would be pretty cool, pretty neat. We don't expect to win, but we want to be in the running or on the list or whatever. Just get more people listening to the bowl, and we're reaching out in a bunch of different ways. Um, another value for value proposition. If you were on the No Agenda socials, you might have seen going around. Um, Curry's. Curry's episode with uh, Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience just dropped today. And a lot of people are like, ah, I don't want to Spotify. I don't want to click Spotify. I hate the Spotify. So I recorded an MP3 of it, killed all the ad breaks, um, and it's up there for a limited time. If you can get it, you can get it on my No Agenda Social. So if you got value, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we put it out there. And, uh, we love receiving it. If you find it, if you find some value there, and that's just another way. Your boy's helping you out. It was a good show, though. It was a good, uh, as as you know, as it always is when Adam goes on Joe. I feel like they got a lot deeper into the nitty gritty of uh, a lot of Adam's like conspiracy theory, therapy theories, you know, and. Uh, the global control as it relates to the coronavirus and as it relates to the Great Reset and as it relates to uh, all sorts of different schemes, I guess they would say. Um, it was a good one. You should check it out. Have a listen. The ads, it was weird because I have an old Spotify login and I used the link that I had been using on this uh, bootleg uh, RSS feed, which... Even after the Spotify exclusive, this particular uh, TimDoor.com uh, RSS feed, it used to have those direct MP3 links. Now it just has a Spotify link, so you still open it in Spotify. But this particular link, for whatever reason, there was a number of different spots where there was just dead air, and it would happen for, I don't know, between a half second and three seconds or something. And it felt sort of like those were spots carved out to insert ads. But there was no, like, Rogan reading copy. Like, it, I think I haven't listened to a Rogan since last time Adam was on. But even back then, you know, it used to start with about three to five minutes at least of Joe reading copy. Right. Before the guest would actually start. So none of that happened. And I wonder if he's gone to, like, all dynamically inserted ads. But... I wasn't actually served a real ad until right after the show ended. Hmm. So I cut out that and I cut out all the weird gaps that were put in there where ads could or should have been, but they weren't. So I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't know why they weren't put in there. If it was the certain link to the Spotify or if it's my account, because I don't like have a, I don't pay for friggin' Spotify. I just have like a login that was made like, at, you know, 10 years ago or something. But, hey, it's out there. It's out there. Hit me up if you need the uh, Adam on Rogan 
and you don't want to go on Spotify, it can be done. A quick thank you to Sir Seat Sitter for sending us the Vax the documentary. Mm. Sending us down that wacky rabbit hole. I'm Would- glad I saw it. It was very heavy. <laughs> it is heavy, man. It's heavy because uh, especially if you have kids and you've been through the Vax thing with any of your kids. Um, kind of hated every time that they got shots. Um, one of the few times Ray's been sick is after her shots. Well, let's be clear. Our firstborn received her vaccines on schedule. Our second born did not and stopped largely because of the scamdemic. Right. And the pediatricians not taking well patients and doing checkups in our area. Yeah, they they just stopped taking the kids for a while, so and they were like, we'll postpone your shots and then just get back with us to reschedule it or whatever. And we just ended up not doing that. Right. At that point, I was, I don't know if I was pregnant yet with John, but, you know, we were talking to the midwife and we asked her for her opinion on the vaccines and she said... Well, if you live in a garbage can, maybe you need them or something to that effect. Yeah. Really like, whoa. (laughs) And we just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, I don't really see a benefit. And then we watched the Vax documentary, I think last weekend, and we followed it up with Vax 2 last night and definitely standing by our decision not to vaccinate (laughs) our children. It was wild, like, I don't know. I really think that the vaccine fight is sort of one of the most important. I kind of had, I didn't really have any idea about how deep it went or how uh, how many of these people's stories are all exactly the same, whether it comes to... Whether it comes to people who have been injured by vaccines and the patterns that happen there and the people who just do don't vax their kids and then the patterns that happen there like the patterns of health yeah the extremely positive pattern (laughs) and even the mild injuries they like are all shit i can relate to when it comes to ear infections sinus infections uh chronic allergies asthma eczema like food allergies i have all of that i have all of that and always have and i just figured you know it was genetic or like my dad has a lot of similar allergies and his are even more severe and i just figured you know it was like a genetic thing or whatever passed down but now i want now i have to wonder you know and then uh you also can kind of feel just the hatred and vitriol stirred up with like anti-vaxxers and now they're trying to expand who is an anti-vaxxer with this whole covid scam i would be very interested in what that team has to say in the post-covid era regarding vaccines and health and and the whole rollout of the thing. Because by the end of that, the timing was so weird and so butted up to what we're going through now that I wonder if... I really wonder if the whole COVID phenomenon isn't in part just another front in this vaccine battle. Yeah, I'm searching for words. um, Because it was... It's not a fun documentary to watch. <laughs> no, it's very tough. But 
the second one, I appreciated that they balance it out at the end with um, families who have, some families had both <laughs> vaccinated and unvaccinated children, um, and other families had just unvaccinated children, and comparing those stories um, to balance out all the horror stories that you go through in the first documentary and the first half of the second one. Just all the death and destruction and, I mean, literally taking these children's lives. Um, like, all these kids who were healthy and fine and then they get, you know, like, the MMR was the vaccine in the first documentary that was focused on measles, mumps, rubella. Right. Which was originally three separate vaccines and then they combined them and, uh... That started messing kids up, especially boys. Mm-hmm. And um, they would end up on the spectrum from toxic shock, essentially, is what was causing them um, to change. Yeah. But it's just really disturbing. And the fact that there's no liability, you know, it's like some of these kids are receiving monetary compensation for their injuries, but no one's going to jail. And that's like the nicest thing that could happen to these fucks who are pushing these vaccines and creating these vaccines and destroying us and destroying the children. That's the real thing that gets my blood blood boiling is that they know, these companies know what's going on and that's why they're actively covering up anything that happens and redirecting blame and they just keep repeating that mantra, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Anytime somebody's like, oh, that vaccine fucked me up, they're like, well... Vaccines are safe and effective. It's like the fucking idiocracy line, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, but uh, Rondo has what plants crave. It has their electrolytes. It's like the exactly same. Exactly like that. It's just like that where everybody is fucking primed to just respond with, but they're safe and effective. Like, fuck the evidence that's before my eyes. They're safe and effective. And that's all there is to it. Like, no source, no studies, no placebo-controlled studies. No control group of unvaxxed uh, versus vaxxed studies done. And that's, yeah, they don't want that. No. That's the fucked up part of it. Um, It was only recently and right before we saw vaxxed that I saw these um, line graphs of, you know, infections and deaths over years of a lot of different things they always tout about how fucking vaccines are so miraculous and saved everyone. The polio one is what gets talked about all the time. Because all the boomers remember polio being a thing. But if you look at the line graph, in the 60s when the polio vaccine was introduced, the the deaths and the crazy spikes in polio had already gone way down. You know, it was like five, six years before the vaccines rolled out and were pushed that polio pretty much went away via natural herd immunity, via all of our bodies actually working how they're created and uh you can do this for a number of vaccines that was kind of like one of my double takes where i was like wait a second you know and i had recently seen um a feature story on like the last iron lung patient but there was a great point in the vax 2 documentary um for this boy who got the gardasil shot and he was essentially on a portable iron lung and it was like, whoa, wait a minute. I thought that the iron lung thing was done and over with, right? Because the vaccine mm. saved the world. And then here's this kid. 
stuck carrying one around uh, because of a vaccine, and he ended up taking his life. LearnTheRisk.org slash diseases. That's the uh, chart I saw. Thank you, Servo, for finding that. Um, yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was actually late fifties that polio vaccine came out, nineteen fifty-seven. And uh, you can already see it. The death rate had gone way down to below five percent before the vaccine came out. Uh, typhoid fever and scarlet fever both went away, uh, according to death rate, without uh, any widespread vaccination. Um, whooping cough was on its way out already when uh, the vaccine came through and came around. Measles, same way. So, um, I don't know, man. Uh, for me, you know, we've done the home birthing, which I think is really helpful, but it's also just kind of comfortable for us. It's just like the thing that we need to comfortably birth. But I think that the importance of that pales in comparison to the importance of opting out of these fucking vaccines, especially on this early schedule that they have us all on here in the States, like where you're shooting newborn babies with the shit and then you just shoot them all through their first year of life. You're just constantly shooting them up with these things. Like the baby's body is growing like how it needs to grow without this invasive vaccination. Well, especially if they're breastfed, they're getting so many good antibodies and stuff through mom. It's like, what do we need to add? Yeah, it's and it's wild to the extent it goes. Like when, when they're talking about Hep B, you know, there's no reason to shoot a kid up for immunization against Hep B. And they said they're lucky if it lasts twelve years. So it's like uh, essentially uh, like an STD slash needle swap. The way that it was transmitted posed- disease. Right, yeah. It's the needles and the coming in contact with someone else's blood is what I was um, not sold on it. I never got Gardasil, um, but that's how what they were saying. Well, what if you want to save someone's life and you come in contact with their blood? And I was like, no, I don't like blood. I'm, that's not my role. <laughs> it just really sucks. Cause and also, like... that's such a rare occurrence, you know? Yeah. And they were pushing that to prevent cervical cancer. Right. And I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I just said no. I think the thing that just sucks is how the propaganda has painted anybody like raising these questions as some kind of lunatic. Like, oh, where have we seen that before? Anytime the fucking truth is being recognized and found out. And, you know, my first two kids I was on schedule with up until a point where the COVID rolled out. And on hindsight, I'm just like, thank God for COVID because... These things seem to affect boys a lot more often than girls, especially when it comes to the autism uh, injuries. And I don't know, man, if I'd have been able to live with myself had I like had that happen to my kids. So, um, yeah, knowing that your child was born healthy and hitting all their milestones and interacting and learning and gaining verbal function and then one day like the next day it's gone to me it just seemed like a bridge too far until i looked into it and until i started looking up actual data until i you know studied the science what's available and uh also thankful really to the no agenda way of thinking where you could separate data from propaganda and where you can look and say okay where's the money 
who benefits where is this coming from and what i definitely appreciate about how they laid out vax and vax 2 was it's just people you know giving a platform for people to tell their stories this is my kid this is what happened this is how it happened and as a parent that to me is the most like uh damning evidence your parent when you're a parent you know when your kid uh was affected you know what happened like these kids these parents are like my kid was fine until this vaccine round and you know as a parent you know you know when your kid is uh healthy when they're sad when they're mad when everything and everything that's affected them you know so I'm just, it makes my blood boil that the state would uh, drum up all this anger, especially amongst people who aren't parents themselves, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they're going to just call you a crazy anti-vaxxer, you know? Well, I mean, consider me an anti-vaxxer. Fuck you. You got a little echo going. I don't know if you knew that, but hmm. yeah, and it really has made me step back and think about the pediatrician too because something we ran into early with both of our girls is oh they're not uh following the correct line on the growth chart they're underweight they're too short well i'm like do you see me like do you see what a small person i am i'm four foot ten i'm not expecting a gigantic child and our pediatrician asked would you like us to send her for testing to see if uh, you know, she has like some deficiency where she's not holding on to her nutrients or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't. I think she's fine. She eats. She goes to the bathroom. Fine. Everything is fine. This was when um, our second born was a year old, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I just, I told Spence, I said, this is too much. The pediatrician was calling me, asking me to tell her what I was feeding my child. Like keep a food diary and then report back to her. Like, I wasn't doing my job as a parent. Like, I wasn't feeding my kid or something. Right. And she did this for three days. And then we had to bring her in a week later to get, like, a weight assessment. And luckily, she was happy with what she saw. But I was just like, what if she wasn't? What's next? Did they call, you know, Child Protective Services on you and start sending people in a check on you? And it's like, they want all these kids to follow an average growth thing. Like this growth chart, and yeah, it's like everyone want, is different. They want all these kids to have this one size fits all development. And I remember when I was developing, and I was around seven or eight, and they asked if I wanted um, HGH, the human growth hormone, because I my height stopped. You know, I like I stopped growing taller in third grade, and I was just like, no, this is probably how I'm meant to be. I'm just meant to be short. It's fine. I have short people in my family. I'm Italian, but. Yeah, NetNet says, get a different doctor. But it's so hard to shop doctors. We've already switched. Yeah. We're we're on our second pediatrician, but at this point, no. Doctor is for broken bones and, you know. Yeah, I think severe physical trauma. (laughs) But, man, I just don't trust these motherfuckers when you get sick. They just want to make you a, a sucker customer for the rest of your life. And um, the combination of antibiotics with the vaccines tended to be a trend in the first Vax documentary for really severe outcomes. And um, in my experience with doctors, most of them do just immediately push antibiotics on you. 
yes. which aren't helpful for your immune system if it's just going in and like killing all the bacteria good and bad or whatever <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was a tough documentary to watch both of them were tough rough but... ride but thanks a lot chris like i really appreciate it actually because that the the don't vax your kids message is far more important than don't have your kid at a hospital in my in my opinion yeah um, have your kid wherever the, you're the home birth thing is really nice i will say that i i do recommend it but it's like it's not one of those things where you're gonna mess your kid up necessarily having it at a hospital but with the vaccines man like actually the odds are that they'll do worse to you than they will do good like most just about every kid will be fine getting sick they'll be fine that's the fucked up part You'd rather have a kid not get vaccines and get sick from measles. Because it's going to be better than them. It'll be better them doing that than getting the vax and getting sick from the vax or getting hurt by the vax. Because the measles go away. And these fucking vaccine... The vaccine injuries never go away. Those kids never get better. And it, they are fucked up. That was a rough watch, man. Yeah, it really was. Or a lot of the... Um, infants who passed away yeah. after getting the vaccines and then whenever an infant dies uh, CPS does come in and they're going to go through your whole house and see if you killed your kid which is like you're already dealing with this extreme trauma and grief now you got the government up your ass it's very insulting for sure it's disgusting yeah they said they had a police escort home all these parents who you know brought their kid to the hospital to try and save them no nope. Can't do it, won't do it. Well, you know, on a lighter note, happy nude recreation week. Oh, yeah. I'm celebrating right now. That's right. By uh, podcasting in the nude. That's right. Clothing is optional. And you grilled in the nude this week. I grilled some burgers on the back deck. Yeah. That was today, actually. You got to uh, get that recreation in where you can. AANRs having their... 90th anniversary Woo. celebration on Saturday. The American Association for Nude Recreation. I think, I think the biggest nudist club in the country. And that coincides with International Skinny Dipping Day on Saturday. Ooh, get your skinny dipping in. Is Saturday 710? Uh, yes, it yeah. is actually. Happy uh, Oil Day. Oil Day. And Skinny Dip. Do a dab and then jump in the drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without nothing on. That's what we recommend. And uh, if you see any nude bowling in the show me state, uh, show me the way. And I will bowl in the nude this week. That's definitely that a bucket awesome. bucket list item. Yeah, that's why I just need my own bowling alley. I heard that uh, Fletcher finally did find a spot. He'll be moving this week, I believe. Woo! I just barely caught the end of Hog Story and then sort of passed out and forgot to switch it to Behind the Schemes. They had a special episode today, our friends at Behind the Schemes, with Cratchit from our Big Dumb Mouse. Very so it's cool. So it's a love fest all around. Always fun. I love how everybody's just doing something. It's so cool. It's like impossible to keep up, but all this content, man. It's a great universe to be a part of. It's all right that we uh, 
it went a little OTG this weekend because we got a long car ride coming up Friday. That's right. Going to Iowa to visit your grandparents. Yeah. Now that they're not scared of... Well, they've never been scared. It's their surrounding family that's been a little, oh, stay away, COVID-19. Yeah, I know. It's... It was unfortunate. It was like we'd planned to see them a lot, and then it's just like, okay, you don't want us there, that's fine. <laughs> right. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. But, you know, now they finally get to meet the baby. So. Yeah, that'll be good. Maybe. I mean, he's, he's only, he's only a month, month old. So. Now, that was interesting, too, on our 4th of July shenanigans. Um, I met a lot of new people who were co-workers of our friends, and a lot of older women were like, how old is baby John? And I was like, oh, he's like six weeks old. They were like, no way. I thought he was about three months old. Because he's like pushing up on his legs already. He's got really good leg strength and pretty good arm strength. He can roll over. And uh, yeah, he was impressing the ladies. No doubt. He's a wicked charmer. <laughs> Definitely of my stock. I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking also of good content you can find in our little universe, check out on No Agenda Tube, Itty Bitty Homestead. <gasps> yes. I want to plug it for uh, Rick and Charlene Brandon, <coughs> our friends, friends of the Bull down in Joplin. Um, they are going to start a video series of homesteading on small property. They have a half acre down in Joplin, and um, they're going to do all kinds of stuff. They want to raise meat and vegetables and... Just be more self-sufficient. Just in our kind of long-term plan as well, we want to get a bigger piece of land. I've just been pulling the garlic patch up, but I want to be able to do most of my stuff myself. And then uh, where I can, like, locally source other things I need. Like, I can't probably get to a spot where I can raise pigs or cows or big things, but I still want to eat pigs and cows and big things. But that is the long-term dream. Like, I think that the political situation is so hopeless, especially with the election fuckery that we have. It's so hopeless for one guy to just want to actually change or make anything better that I think that a way more powerful position and one that you can actually achieve is to just slowly opt out of all of these things that fund your own enslavement. I think vaccines are part of it. I think that going to the grocery store every, you know, twice a week is definitely a part of it. But, you know, buying frozen and processed foods and... Even the produce in grocery stores look sad. Just the way that everyone is hooked up to these massive international centralized supply chains to live their life and that we're all dependent upon it, like... I just want to unplug from all of that. It's so gross, and it's so bad for you, and it's such a cycle of dependency, you know? I don't want to depend, really, on anybody other than myself and my family and my community, like my actual community, not this fake community, not this, like, oh, you have 1,200 Facebook friends, and they're your community. You know, most of these people don't know you, and you don't know them. Acquaintances. Even people you went to high school with. It's, It's... um, you know, if you've only seen them on Facebook since you graduated, then it's a it's a bullshit relationship. It's not real. Nothing on Facebook is real. I would say even if you text a lot, that's kind of suspect, you know? If you call each other on the phone, that's a little different story. If you have lunch all the time, that's a little different story. But 
this whole fucking idea that you can relate to each other on the, on some kind of level with uh, emojis and abbreviations through text on a screen is just not there, man. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, text from me is like, on my way, what you need. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did finally nuke my second Facebook account. Woohoo! I'm proud of you. And I'm so pissed that I even made the second one. They scanned me into it when I got my um when I got my real estate license at the end of 2017, and they were like, "Oh, you don't have a Facebook?" Because I deleted it like a year and a half prior. I deleted it early on. We both did in early 2016. I rage quit before you. Because shit was so <laughs> stupid on there and people were just so... Blah! You couldn't even have a conversation about anything because it all went back to... No, how... you couldn't even post a picture without people getting mad about something. It was just too much, so we deleted. And then, you know, in real estate, they're like, whoa, you're going to just shoot yourself in the foot if you're not telling people on Facebook that you're a real estate agent. And guess what? None of my fucking businesses come from real uh, from the face bag shit. So fuck it. It's so stupid. It's so bad for you. That's the problem. It's very very bad for you. Especially if you're worried about the surveillance thing. Like no that's where joke. it's the hottest, you know. That's where they're telling you, "Oh, you uh you're on this group that's talking about Jesus. You're probably exposed to some violent extremism." Just some total clown show world that Facebook has become. It's insanity. Stupidity. And yeah. uh, I'll walk away. Good for you. No more for me. Thanks. Thank you, Zuckerberg. You motherfucker, Berg. Suck it, Zuck. Yes. Well, uh, what do you say? This is a good spot to do the metal moment before you get into your 33s. What do you oh, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Take a gander. Oh hey, happy Token Tuesday, y'all. Hey. This here is the Reverend Cybertrucker with your metal moment. Hailing from Japan, Ningen Isu, translated to the human chair, is a Japanese heavy metal band from Hirosaki, formed in 1987 by Shinji Wajima, guitars and vocal, and Kenichi Suzuki, bass and vocals. They took their name from the 1924 short story of the same name by Edogawa Rampo. Now this is coming off of their 1998 album, Degenerate Art Exhibition. It's called Heartless Scat. Check these guys out, they're actually really good. Thank you. 
very metal. Domo Arigato, Mr. Reverend Cybertrucker. We will have the full track posted uh, in the show notes. Uh, it's a very sick metal tune. Heartless Scat comes in about eight and a half minutes. Rockin'. Super metal. And we're glad to have you back with your reports. Uh, Reverend Cybertrucker, we loved it. Yeah, thanks, Rev. What'd you think of the... You love the Japanese oh, like music. It. Yeah, you know, I'm a sucker for some J-Rock. I liked it. I liked it. I've never heard them before. It's my first time. We'll be putting them on the list. So now I get to do a little uh, music dive there. Yeah, no doubt. You're always loving new Japanese artists. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were, he's an 87, I think. Hmm. I just mean new to you, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones that you haven't heard yet. Yeah. You gotta love it. Yeah, I'm a fan of the musical exploration. No doubt. And this baby is a fan of milk. <laughs> Can't get Gosh. enough. Yeah, he knows how to chug it. That's There's no doubt about that. Chug a lug. Did you know that there's 33 sporting events at the Tokyo Olympics? No, I did not. I didn't know that either. I just thought that was a fun fact. It's interesting. Also, uh, the Daily Mail did a little survey of about 900 Americans and found out that 33% of them approve of Biden's handling of the border crisis. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's a funny way of saying two-thirds disagree. Right? Right? Isn't it strange? <laughs> now, there's a wild story in Pennsylvania um, where a woman... She lived with her boyfriend, her mother, and their two-year-old son, her and her boyfriend's two-year-old son, I believe, and um, they ended up getting into some sort of dispute. It seems like it was an ongoing thing. So she kicked him out of the house. She was just like, you can't live here anymore. Mm. Um, He was real mad, and they got into like a screaming fight. Um, Neighbors called the cops, but he ended up walking away, so the cops were like, there's nothing we can do about that. But he came back. Uh with a gun and he held them hostage in a standoff for 33 hours and he did end up shooting his girlfriend in the face and she lived and lost her eye um but she was able to escape at that point and get to the neighbors um and the police didn't fire a single bullet they managed to get in there and disarm him and save the grandma and the baby. Wow. And so, yeah. <coughs> that was crazy. A crazy story there. Um, and then in Australia, they are dealing with their second donation bin death. This oh. time, it was a 33-year-old mom. Yeah, she was standing on a plastic bucket peering into this donation bin kind of rummaging around in it when the bucket slipped out from under her and she ended up falling halfway into the bin and the lid slammed shut on her oh that sucks and uh she her cause of death was asphyxiation but second one (laughs) this year damn i know i was like that is a bummer that's that's sad in a lot of ways it's there's a funniness and there's a lot of sadness there too (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely unfortunate. Like, yeah. Think think about your baby before you go rummaging carelessly in a donation bin, okay? Right. Okay. Um, and then just for funsies, there's another story about 33 cats being rescued from a home. 
in Illinois. Wow, they're really recycling that one, huh? But the way that the headline read, 33 cats and 12 kittens huh. from abandoned home. <laughs> but Fantastic. Uh, I guess the situation was brought about by some uh, social media sick woman who thought it was really cute and fun to have baby kittens around and then just dumped them off at this house. Ooh. Sick. It's always 33 cats. Yeah, what's up with that? We've never seen 33 dogs in a rescue or 33 horses. I think we had 33 cows once, but so many 33 cat stories. Cat people, stop letting this get out of hand. (laughs) Stop your cats while you still can. Fuck cats! Blueberry sent me a story about 33 COVID deaths in Indonesia. They're blaming an oxygen outage, mm. which we've been seeing in India also. Right. Um, and then in the Kamuli district of Uganda, also 33 deaths. Mm. Then uh, Alberta, Canada had 33 new cases. The PD region of South Carolina had 33 new cases. And Wisconsin reported 33 new cases. So. Mm. Uh, but don't make jokes about people's masks, or they might poke your eye out. Uh-oh. This happened to a 33-year-old dad in London who jokingly told a man walking by that the chippy wouldn't let him in with his mask on. I had to look up what a chippy was. It's a fish and chip shop. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, the chippy. I'm going to remember Not that. Not the chippy. I learned so many things. The bikies, the chippies. Anyways, uh, so he, he said... Oh, hey, mate, they're not... Oh, now I'm doing Australian. But they're not going to let you in there with your mask on. And just kind of laughed about it. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, you look me in the eyes and apologize. And the dad was like, dude, I was just joking. And started walking away. Well, the guy and his friend followed him. And all the dad heard was some woman screaming, he's got metal in his hand. Like, he's holding something metal. And he basically, he just stabbed this guy's eye out with something. The guy doesn't know what, um, but he is going to lose his eye he has to Jesus. keep stitches for a year over his uh, eye region, and then it will be replaced with a prosthetic. So, yeah, fucked up. Can't even What's going on in England? Fucking talk to people. <laughs> Can't do that shit in Missouri, I'll tell you what. No, you'd get shot over something like that. Yeah. An armed society is a polite society. And yeah, this is no America. Doubt. Yeah, that, it really upset me. It reminded me of uh, our buddy Quinn who made fun of some dude's pants and then got shot at in the parking lot. Yeah. But with that, I say we go behind the curtain. Uh, indeed. Oh, it's just too heavy. Too heavy. We got to keep it light back here behind the curtain. Yeah, we have a good time back here. <laughs> this is another 33 story I put at the top of my notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're everywhere. They are. But um, these cops in Nagpur, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Nagpur, India, uh, they found 33 kilograms of weed in a toilet stall in a train station. They were walking their bomb-sniffing dogs around when they came across it. It's like 72 pounds of weed someone ditched Oof. in a stall. Yeah. And so uh, they went around asking, is this your weed? And no, everybody said no, of course. So they uh, 
haven't made any arrests related to it, but they got a lot of good good out of it. Good lord. Yeah. 33 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how many pounds is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, And of course, the big story this week, which I'm sure everyone's seen, is that Shikari Richardson, who uh, ran super fast in the trials and placed number one for the Olympic trials, she will not be able to compete because of a THC positive drug test. Mm. And when I dug into this story, it made me really upset and sad um, because apparently about a week before the trials, a reporter broke the news to her that her biological mom had passed away. Whoa. And I was like, that is not how you want to get that news. So um, she fully came out and admitted to it. She said, yeah, I smoked weed to cope with my mother's death. Um, now she has to serve a one-month suspension and won't be able to compete, even though she was pretty much guaranteed to bring us home a gold medal. Um, and, you know, what can you do? It's the stupid national association. They're making the rules. What are they called? Those cunts. <laughs> the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. It's just like, she lives in Oregon, where it's legal, right? But here we are. Right. Well, weed is not necessarily a performance-enhancing No. drug. No. Let's she even say. came out and said, she's like, I found out my mom died. Not in a great way. Mm-hmm. And this is how I coped. And she's like, I know, you know, some people are going to think I was inappropriate and whatever, but that's what I do. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. It helps. It just bums me out. I was like, that's... <sighs> It's 2021, people. Yes. This is a stop with the weed. I mean, we all know Michael Phelps smokes weed. Of course, he didn't get tested, you know. He never tested positive for THC. We've just seen pictures of him ripping bongs and whatnot. <laughs> he did lose sponsorships, but... Yeah, so... Wild. Just wild, yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know. <laughs> it's a bummer. Indeed. But uh, in Delaware, like hours before their adult use bill was scheduled for a vote, it was removed from the agenda. And um, I guess the bill's primary sponsor, Representative Ed Osienski, Pulled it because they didn't have the three quarters or 31 votes necessary to pass it. Um, and that's with its, because it has a social equity fund as a part of it. Uh-oh. If they removed the social equity fund, they would only need a three-fifths majority, which I'm pretty sure they would have, but whatever. No, they, um, weren't, they weren't willing to compromise they, on that part. No, they weren't going to take out that fund, so... It just got canceled, and now their earliest opportunity for legalization is January 2022. Bummer. Yeah. So, in 2015, Delaware did decriminalize, um, and more recently in 2019, they expanded that to cover minors in possession also. Um, But if you get caught with more than an ounce, you're still going to be arrested and locked up in Delaware. Mm. So, ugh, I just did that... There's a bummer too. It's not no steps in the right direction happening yet. No. <laughs> it's just like stop locking people up for a plant. Stop punishing people. Seems like a small ask. Yeah. This is America. Yeah? 
come on. Yeah, it's current year, man. Yeah. And then Pennsylvania, uh, Governor Tom Wolf signed House Bill 1024 into law, which increases the amount of pot medical patients can legally possess from a 30-day supply to 90-day supply. Whee! They also are now le- allowed to use telehealth services and curbside pickup for their medicine, and caregivers are no longer restricted to the amount of patients they can care for. And then, of it's course... It's a step in the right direction after yeah. all. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to play the whole thing, but that's <laughs> all right. They've also added uh, two more eligible conditions, cancer remission therapy and central nervous system-related neuropathy. Mm. So, expansion. I like seeing that, you know. That is a step in the right direction. Truth. Um, as of July 1st in South Dakota, medical patients won't be arrested for possessing three ounces or less. Um, uh, with the asterisk of like, as long as they let the law enforcement officer know that they have a condition and can provide documentation from a doctor since they won't be able to get a card until this fall at the earliest. Oh boy. Which is like, who walks around with a note from your doctor, you know? But I guess in South Dakota, you know, you have to, um, here's my paper, sir. But they, uh, the state's Department of Health shared its preliminary list of conditions that will be covered by their medical program, um, which includes AIDS, HIV, ALS, MS, cancer, Crohn's, epilepsy, glaucoma, and PTSD, as well as the debilitating medical condition clause, or just quote right there, which was the language that the voters passed in 2020, which that's pretty vague and should work for a lot of things. Um, And the Secretary of Health said there's also going to be a process available for South Dakotans to petition to add more conditions in the future. Hmm. So, that's maybe a little bit of good news for South Dakota after all the games have been played with them. You know, voting in uh, recreational and medical, and then having recreational struck down. And then the deadline on that, as we talked about last week, not honored, not met for the Supreme Court to hear the case. Uh, it's just crazy how deadlines don't appeal to certain people. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and then last Wednesday, this is my last weed story, The North Carolina, a North Carolina Senate committee voted for the first medical weed proposal in the state's history with overwhelming support. So it has two more committee <laughs> hearings to go through before landing on the Senate floor for a vote. Mm, fingers crossed but for making history. North Carolina. North Carolina moving a little bit forward, taking that little step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. And you might have taken a step in the right direction whenever you came into a room for the first time. Came in a room for the first time. Oh, I botched it. Botched it behind the curtain. Hey, man. Everyone uh, everyone does a little jiggle juggle. But uh, this first caller, he might have came in the came in the right direction. And he might have had his mic muted. Oh, no. For the whole voicemail. Two minutes. No. Until the very end here. Let's see. Almost there. 
and you're dumb. Love you, mean it. <laughs> Phone boy, we got your jingles, but not your voicemail, baby. Must have had the mic muted. So sorry. So sorry. Uh, let's go to the next caller, see if their mic was on. Hit it. Oh, I'm hitting it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right, good evening in the bowl. In the bowl. Um, Kirkess. Can you hear that? Hmm? Storming like crazy here. Oh. Okay. wonder if you can hear that. Um, so. I can't. <laughs> not like you haven't heard rain before, but you know. <laughs> I like fun, the sound of rain. Fun to share. So tonight, first time I ever, when it was first introduced, I was thinking, well, why wouldn't they... Why wouldn't they ask something that's less common? Well, then there would be less stories. And, like, first time you were ever on a nude beach. Can't relate. I've never even seen a nude beach in no. my life. Sorry. I was hoping that there will also be a future FTIE for first time you ever came outside. Because Ooh. you've had plenty of FTIEs that some of us cannot, uh, don't have experiences in. And... Maybe maybe more people have come outside, and so that's that's just my little request. Okay, I like that. We'll note it. The uh, two voicemail story. I've got about a minute and a half. It helps me to time it. So, <laughs> well, <clears throat> I can share with you pretty explicitly, and uh, the first time I remember coming in a room. I was very, very young. That's just the truth. I, I don't think I have to mint anything with you, so I'll just keep going. Um, Good instinct. God, honestly, I, I think I was only like nine, maybe eight. <laughs> and, yeah, I was on the top of my bunk bed, yeah. which my brother was below, sleeping. And, no, actually, he wasn't there, now that I remember. But I always preferred the top. I always preferred climbing up that ladder. And <laughs> it was a sturdy wooden bunk bed set yeah. in a tiny little room. Not that you need all of this, but, I, you know, I like to share the details that bore everyone. <laughs> um, and I used... I don't have much time. <laughs> I remember just feeling all of the tingles. Uh, down there in my in my special spot Ooh. and I just kept exploring I'm going to call back when this is uh, cutting me off I kept exploring and lo and behold ooh what a cliffhanger oh. lo and behold lo and behold we get part two lo and behold Things started happening. Oh. Yeah, it's just so natural. You just, it, I mean, it was obviously, it's natural, but I just, um, <laughs> it is a little embarrassing, okay? It is. I know it can be natural, but I used one of my, <laughs> why am I nervous about this? It's ridiculous. I am a grown woman. I am much older. Yeah. So I did. I used one of my plushy animals to help get me there because it felt really soft and I didn't know what I was doing. I just know that that's originally what started it. I had pushed my little, my 
stuffed animals down past my stomach, and I was like, oh, well, hey. And so I used it to rub down there um, on top of my nightie, and that was enough. <laughs> wow, I did not expect what was going to happen, I think, to the degree that it did, especially <laughs> at such a young age when you don't really know, even though my brother and I were definitely who's two and a half years younger. We're always trying to get into, like, the secret shit that my mom was hiding yeah. in her room when she wasn't home. So we would find, like, you know, porn. and <laughs> Not much, but but she had going with her lover and videotapes and stuff. And, you know, we didn't understand any of that. But tell you what, it definitely, definitely started me on a path um, <laughs> of self-gratification and pleasure that I was absolutely programmed to believe was sinful and shameful but that doesn't stop you because it feels so good yeah it does mm. i didn't uh always use <laughs> stuffed animals or other objects i you know i learned to use my fingers and started to learn how to rub myself well so i hope it's not terribly uncomfortable but some of us develop incredibly early. Yeah. I remember you saying that yourself, Lorian, not that I need you to back me up, but I worried that that might be pushing it, sharing that, that it was so young. I couldn't help how early I developed. Yeah. I have 25 seconds. Thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, for sitting in the room, alone on the top of my bunk bed, <laughs> in a tiny little room, in a basement apartment, in a suburb of Chicago, where it was oh so wrong and felt oh so right. Oh, yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. In the bowl. In Thank the bowl. you. Have a great show. It's going to be so great. It is. It really... The voicemails. All oh, the voicemails. Mm. Thank you for your voicemail. We love Corecast. I was a top bunk kid, too. In fact, I had... Either top bunk or um, loft bed, which is just top bunk without a bottom bunk, basically. Mm. So I was always climbing that ladder to get into bed, too. Fun sibling shit. <laughs> bunk beds. Bunk beds, indeed. I always wanted a bunk bed, but I was an only child. <laughs> My uh, sister had a, her own room with her own loft bed in it. What? The room over, so. We had, yeah, three-bedroom house, and my parents had a room, and I had a room, my sister had a room, that was it. Oh, I missed out on the loft beds. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know how old I was. It was sort of a similar deal. Um, it's just like you start messing down there, and then you're like, oh, damn, it fucking feels good, actually. And then... Um, it's funny because I had not seen porn or anything like that, you know. But you get boners, and you're like, "What do you do with these boners?" And then uh, I remember, uh, like the bunk bed, you know, it has like these grates on the side of the bed so you can't fall off or whatever. It's like wooden slats that go along the bed, and so then I would like mush my wiener against it and be like, "Oh, that felt pretty kind of good." <laughs> and that's the weird ass fucking. The first time I ever made anything happen down there, was, I was just like basically humping the wood, the board, <laughs> <laughs> which was not really soft. It worked. 
Isn't that a hump pillow or a hump, uh, like the bed? Just like if you're laying on your <laughs> stomach, you know? And then the first time I saw a porn where like a dude was jacking it, I was like, oh, whoa. Wait a second. <laughs> that's wild looking. And then I tried it myself. I was like, oh, geez, that's way fucking easier, dude. The other ways take forever. It's like, you gotta really have commitment. <laughs> To rub your wiener on the board. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Wood on wood, net, net, net. So stupid. But yeah, that's the thing about uh, you're embarrassed because you're a little kid. You don't fucking know what's going on. You know, I was like eleven, maybe twelve, something. I probably wasn't twelve yet. You're figuring it out. You just don't know nothing except no. for like, yeah, your wiener feels good when you do a certain thing. <laughs> What can you do? Listen to another voicemail. That's what you alone. can do. It's all alone. Maybe you can uh, think about uh, what Carolyn was saying about coming in a room full of people. But uh, here's our next caller. Hey there. This is Douchebag Pat from Michigan Local Number 1. Hell yeah. Um, wanted to say hello. Never called this show before. And I personally love the sound of your little wolf guy in the oh. background. You can tell he's kind of newborn and yeah, uh, just doing his business. So keep it up. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I appreciate that, douchebag Pat. Yeah, thank you. Because sometimes I worry that it's annoying to people. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> then he'll do this weird like kissing thing where he'll like, Nadia explained it so well. They like will suck on the nipple and then like almost spit it out like they pull back and then little like snap out and it's like it makes a big smacking sound it's just a lot of noises from a little baby yeah sometimes it just grinds my gears personally but i don't know if it's just because it's my kid or because it's the show that i'm trying to do or you know i just worry i just i worry too much when we're behind the curtain it's not really about worrying you know yeah i like to joke that i do everything but worry but i also am like I want to put out a quality product, but I want to raise up a quality child so we keep him with us, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you got Jordan Peterson in the back of your head reminding you not to let your child annoy people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't let your child be annoying other people. So, yeah, but uh, that's cool, man. I'm glad that you appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for it, calling in. It's something that's unique, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't know another show with baby sucking tit during the whole show. So. <laughs> You know. Getting their back pat. Yeah. All, uh, all, all kinds. He's all kinds, man. We're a wild universe, peoples. We um, had a retroactive voicemail too, I think. Did that, we? Well, for the f- not retroactive. That's the wrong word. We had a first time ever for this week. Oh, that you're came in on right. Carolyn's you're right. Bulls with buds. So I didn't know if you wanted to go back and play. I do. I do want to revisit this one. Okay. There was a, a couple actually. First time I ever came in a room, I was probably 13. Nice. And I didn't make myself come. <laughs> Someone else did it for me. Oh. Uh, I'm going to come. But then the next time I came in a room, I did it myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just came. <laughs> <laughs> they came all over the place. Yeah, oh, wipe that up, Fletch. 
Left out the first time I ever came on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know when and where you come. Uh, I think there was a second one that came in, actually, on Friday. Uh, that was an F-Tie story. Thank the, you for reminding The uh, first time I ever came in a room, I <laughs> was in the fifth grade, and it was my living room at two in the morning and I, uh, I I discovered something very important something that I've been sort of discovering for the last two years since the third grade Yeah, I discovered naked girls and I discovered this and that and then that one fateful night I, I discovered things and and my um, my TV was never the same uh, I so, I have a question. Oh no! Uh, about comedy for your guests. Oh no! Carblands. Um, Shame on you, Spence. I messed you, this up. You love the the old school guys like Three Stooges and Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton, and just what your idea was on those guys. If you had a particular favorite, and if there was any like weird comedian from that time period that you that you looked up to. All right, then. I'm going to uh, keep drinking. Hell yeah. And you guys keep doing your thing. Smoke a bowl, sir. <laughs> uh, in the bowl. Smoke in a bowl, sir. Damn it. Damn it. See, I uh, when I played Lavish's voicemail on Friday, it was the first time I ever came in a room, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm going to save that one, too, because I burned Fletcher's. But then he had a question for Carolyn on the back half of it that I totally missed. Oh, well, we're getting the hang of it. We'll get better at the guest questions and uh yeah, it's just <laughs> we're bad at explaining it. And then uh I don't know, I should just play the whole damn thing. Yeah. Carolyn, do you like the old school guys, man? Three Stooges, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. And uh do you have a favorite of the old school variety if you're listening out there? Maybe she's listening. Somewhere Somewhere out there. Yeah, I bet. I bet so. Man, those guys for the post show, it was just like, all right, all aboard, and everybody came on the stream. Oh, my goodness gracious. They came all over the place. They came all over the place. And uh, I was pretty lit. You were absolutely hammered. Yeah, I definitely came in a room. Came in a room. <laughs> that night. Oh, yeah. We went upstairs you. Um. Yeah, it was a f- <clears throat> it was a phenomenal time, and I was uh I was intent on like cranking out the stuff and getting it up, and then I just like whew, just drew on to like three four in the morning. Just having too much of a good time in the bowl. When does that happen? Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Uh. Every time this caller calls, I, I always smile. So I totally get where you're coming from with the uh, the people with the vaccine and uh, the idiocracy slant. I think, too, you get that with, uh, with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and all the Elvesco was the one, I think, that, or Elvesca, Elvesco, something like that, that 
Fauci was talking about, but you get the same thing from people when you mention those. They're like, yeah, but those don't work. Right. Uh, so, anyways, um, first time coming in a room, uh, I don't want to do the first time I came in a room because it was probably cold and lone and disgusting. <laughs> um, but uh, the first time with people in a room was a movie theater. Um, and me and my special little girlfriend that I had at the time, I believe I was still in high school. Um, yeah, she, uh, she fiddled with it till, uh, nice. Till, till I had a happy ending and then had to awkwardly, uh, have her run back and forth between the concession stand to bring me enough napkins to clean up. <laughs> anyway, in the bowl. Hey, at least you got it cleaned up. They came all over the place. Dark enough movie theater, man. You might be able to get away with hiding it somewhere. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Um, ah, does a shed count? Asks our text line. That'll count. There's room in the shed. There's room. It's room. What is a room? What is a room, caller? First time I ever came in the room would have been for the commie titties from Barbarella. Never trust the commie titties. The commie titties from Barbarella. Oh. Laser zap ya. Right in the dick. Hey, when's the time you first ever came in a room? The first time I ever came in a room full of people was a classroom. Uh oh. I was a well. I was gonna say seat sitter, but I don't want to tarnish his name. I used to sit on like the corner of the chair. Oh, and like yeah. a like and a then, desk chair. Yeah, yeah, like those nice metal desk chairs. They're just so comfortable, not. <laughs> and so I found the corner one day, and like rubbed into a good place, and I was like, oh wow. That's pretty nice. And then, you know, you can just kind of like rock back and forth with your toe. And, uh, you know, you just kind of look like a fidgety kid. I don't know. I probably would have been called out for having ADHD or something nowadays. But, yeah, I just kind of rocked back and forth on the corner <laughs> of this chair <laughs> until it felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, man, I got to pee now. Go to the bathroom. And that was that. Well, I didn't know what I was doing, really. <laughs> Shoot, I feel like that was probably, like, third grade. Yeah, room full of people, I guess, was freshman for me. Oh? Because you could pocket pool in the pocket. And Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> it was like a way where you can kind of get it going. You know what the frenulum is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit under the tip. Yeah, it's like on the on the bottom uh, side, bottom slash front, if you're fully at attention. And uh, it's kind of like a bunch of, like the skin kind of bunches up there, and there's a bundle of nerves. And if you catch that just in between your thumb and your pointer finger, you can just kind of go a little circular motion and consistency and uh, the right flexes you can get there. It is 
it takes a great deal of effort to do it without like you know being very obvious about it. <laughs> yeah. But it can be done. Um. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know, man. Fuck. When you're like 13, 14, 15, you're just so stupidly horny that you're like, ah. Yeah. And and uh, I think I think it was in health class the first time I ever like pulled it off. It was just so fucking boring. Yeah. And you're already learning sucks. about like boobies and stuff, and you're just like, wow. Need an outlet. Oh, I to vent. Should have just asked for a hall pass, bathroom pass, but I wasn't that clever. Oh. <laughs> uh, much less clever than this next caller. The first time I ever came in a room. Well, oh, 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 this is, oh, this is good. Oh, it is good. Oh, I had a, I had a great place to sit. And, and of course, uh, and, and we're, and we're in a room and I came. And it wasn't just, I didn't, we didn't just take it to, to one room. No. We had, came in the hallway, on the floor, came on the floor, came in the corner, came in the closet, came in the, even came outside, and then came inside, and then came outside, and then came inside. <laughs> There's a lot of come everywhere. Busy little coming. They came from the hills, they came from the mountains, they came out of the rivers. They came all over the place. All everywhere. Damn. That's a lot of cum. It's true! Came in closet. <laughs> Potential. Came in closet. It's like C-A-Y-M-A-N, came in. Oh, came in. Came in closet, I'm writing it down. <laughs> That's a good one. Warming my crazy hair was another one <laughs> earlier. Earlier. Fantastic. Yeah, you're coming inside, coming outside. Yeah, that collar was coming all over the place. To the left, to the right. Wow. She got it done. She really did get it done, man. I got it done. His next collar uh, fixed it. He fixed it. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I fucked up my uh, my voicemail. So I'm gonna do it again. Um, yeah. So yeah, what, what what do you mean by came into a room? Well, you clearly don't mean a slender grooved lead rod used to hold together panes of glass, especially in a stained glass window. No, that, that, you don't mean that. <laughs> uh, you mean the past tense of come. Okay, well, to move towards something. Well, probably the first time I moved towards something was when I could walk. And yeah, I don't remember when that happened because that was really early in my life to move her journey to a vicinity with a specified purpose well uh yeah again yeah fairly early in my life to reach a particular station in a series um yeah okay again school probably don't remember early days of school to arrive in due course well yeah you know again i've probably done that before to approach in kind or quality um yeah okay i don't know whatever so you probably don't mean any of that of course uh, to reach a condition or conclusion. Well, you know, I'm sure I did that fairly early too. <laughs> Although maybe what you're thinking of, we would go down to arrive at a particular place and results or conclusion. Well, yeah, uh, you know, again, I did that fairly early too. But, uh, I think what you probably mean is, um, yeah, or to, or less commonly to come as an often too vulgar to experience an orgasm. Well, I guess that's 
knowing the show, that's probably what you meant. Um, but <laughs> it's what, uh, in any case, I think... Um, Carolyn came up with it. You know, and I was probably... Uh, I think I was in high school. And I was... Uh, yeah, I think I was, uh, you know, I was probably naked it's uh, you know i think when i think Woo! my parents were gone or something uh and uh yeah i discovered hey you can touch that with your hand and hey that feels good and what happens if i keep doing that and uh yeah okay you know and when you have when you have outie bits that's uh you know there's uh, nothing nothing else you need there but uh yeah then i just you know then you of course you uh just you know i don't know it's like you know i remember being experienced to pornography or you know um exposed to pornography before that, but I didn't really know what that, you know, it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, didn't put two and two together until, you know, I don't know, until it was maybe, maybe a late bloomer there, I guess. But, uh, <sighs> well, yeah, I don't know that I can go into much more detail than that. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's always a little embarrassing thing, but, uh, you know. And you're dumb. Love you, mean it. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Indeed. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Thank you for the make good. Yeah. You know, uh, Miss Blaney, she loves the exploitables. So she wanted to make sure that we had one that could be interpreted in many ways. Which is good. We do have one more caller on the line with a 33-second voicemail. I love it. Here he is. I'm sharing this out of solidarity with Quirkus. Nice. So, uh, my first time was also a plushie. Oh. And I was uh, just a young man with that predatory drive emerging and didn't know what to do. All I knew is I had to put it in something. <laughs> and that's what I found to put it in. I had a knife. I had a plushie. It happened. And I freaked the fuck out. And, uh. No suburb, just a farm, me and a plushie, and a lot, and a scared young man. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a great oh, night, caller. Thank you for thank sharing. Thank you. Yeah, you don't know what the hell's going on, man. No. When you're that little. It's true. And then when you're when it works, it's like great but horrifying all the same time you're like oh my god what the fuck is going on <laughs> what could possibly be going on we do not know we do not know we're just in a room coming what can you say I had some great voicemails that was the uh, yes that was the f- we did was the final voicemail oh now you have to think have of the next seen? first time I ever well Quirkus did have a uh, suggestion yeah, first time I ever came outside. Yeah. You want to rock it back to back? Yeah. What do you th- What do you think about two coming <laughs> topics in a row? Should we wait? Should we put it on the list? To come or not to come? Uh, well, I think the answer is always come. Yeah. First time I ever came outside next week. We want to know. Because we're on it. We're on a roll. We're on a coming roll. Man on the hog story, they said. Uh, <laughs> I love that they get on the the random off day streams where you just hop on because you see the chat rolling in the smoker and you're like, oh, they must be on live. And sure enough, you fire it up. And Fletch is gonna play you some uh, music, some interviews. Gonna hear some John and Carolyn banter. Of course, it was a Zappa thing. He had a Zappa play that he played the other night. 
And Lorian, or Lorian, Kirkass was keeping a careful coming count of how many times they said come. I think they, uh, I think they hit like 40 something. <laughs> Kirkass, come counter. She's the come counter. Man. I love it. Come tally. Come tally. Come, Mrs. Tally Gal, tally me, come, comes. Oh, it was 52. I stand Whoa. corrected. Where were you? 52. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! Wowie. That was hot. That was hot. That was too hot to handle. Ah, shit, I came too early with my comment, says the text line. <laughs> <laughs> got the peanut gallery working, bro. The shed counts. I've decided officially. I have decided. Um, yeah, their 200 episode is coming up. It's only a week away. I have to record something special. Yeah. With 200. So Receipt Sitter's about to hit 100 as well. Woo! And we're about to get hit 100. This is 92. I mean, we're closing in. No bowls with buds for the end of this week, because of course we're going to be in July, but... I'm reach out to gonna Fletcher. We're going to be in July. We're going to be in Iowa. You goof. Gonna be in Iowa. What did I say? In July. We're gonna be in July. Well, we won't be leaving July this weekend. <laughs> we'll still be in July. But physically we'll be in Iowa. You're right about that. It's it's easy to get mixed up behind the curtain here. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. We cl we're climbing toward one hundred ourselves. Probably should have a f special left eye. There. Anyway, wow, I'm not really trying to stall, I'm just trying to say ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. So PB&J Restaurant Group, uh, I don't know if they're out of Kansas City, but they do have a barbecue joint in Crown Center. I cannot remember the name of it. It's like Burnt End Barbecue. Mm. Remember? We walked yes. by pre-coof. They thanked their employees who have worked with them for 15 years by giving them a custom Harley Davidson motorcycle this week. Wowie zowie. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the people I wouldn't mind working for. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Must I don't remember nice. what the guy said, but he's like, I just wanted to get my employees something that they would enjoy because we are so thankful for their service to us. Especially in the middle of this hiring drought that's going on right now. I'm getting emails. Anything I'm subscribed to pretty much has emailed me telling me I could work for them. <laughs> yeah, week. it's wild. All my hiring favorite barbecue restaurants. Everywhere. Nobody wants to work. The casino. Yeah. Oh, well. No one wants to work. A baby monitor recorded the moment a tree fell onto a Louisiana home right over the crib oh where a five-month-old boy was sleeping. But luckily it missed him. It is scary to watch though. You're just watching all this debris coming in from the rafters and whatever. Jeez. And then mom comes in and just grabs the baby. I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's rough, dude. That's, yeah, real scary. Intense. And the aftermath of the house, that tree took out a good portion of their house. So, best of luck to the insurance claim for those folks. In California, a correctional officer was sentenced to seven months jail time after having a sexual relationship with an inmate. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, we're moving in together. 
<laughs> she snuck him a cell phone and um, I guess like razor blades. And oh, Jesus. She, she was giving him intel on new inmates. Um, but then she cut a hole in her uniform pants so that they could have sex easier just in front of the 11 inmates surrounding him. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know. I saw, I watched a little bit of the court video and one of the officers was just like, it's just deranged. And I was like, eh, you want to have sex, <laughs> you know? Like, it's not fair. It, it kind of sucks for the inmates that just have to watch, but maybe it doesn't, you know? Maybe <laughs> they like watching. <laughs> I don't know. It's something to do. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And then in South Carolina, a prison guard there was caught trying to smuggle prescription pills specifically uh stimulants it was amphetamine and dextroamphetamine disguised in rice krispie treats into the women's prison she worked at <laughs> that's some tasty treats yeah they showed a picture of the rice krispie treats and then there's just like these orange things in it you're like oh i wonder what that is oh pills <laughs> not very great disguise for the pills busted but she tried those are candies those are candies generic adderall oscar it in the bowl says Mm. orange adderall should have known should have known yeah i won't say it i won't break the rule (laughs) but i do have a preference when it comes to stimulants (laughs) uh so a decade after registering the license plate 69 owned you Tennessee officials took it away from this gaming astronomy geek who purchased it and ruled it offensive and in violation of the law. I'm offended now. But she's suing him. Oh, nice. Yeah, because how about uh, the First Amendment? You know? Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, it kind of reminded me of the that guy that was on Tosh with the <laughs> I eat ass bumper sticker. Right. He won. Yes, he did. It's like, you can't uh, police my language. First Amendment, motherfucker. And plus she's like, well, the 69 is about the moon landing. And oh. owned you because she likes gaming. Yeah. That's it. They had this whole, in the article, there's this whole explanation of why it's spelled with a P and all this shit. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Journalism. It's just so, ugh. Well, the today. point is you don't have to have some clever excuse for it, though, right? You could... You could be saying the bad thing too. And yeah, it's she could still totally protected. Be saying the bad thing, whatever that could be. Right. Because it sounds the very bad hilarious thing. and fun to me, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So nothing bad about the little sixty-nine. See you in court. Yeah. Again, these fuckers. Uh, so fifty billion dollars was accidentally deposited into a Louisiana, fa- a Louisiana family's bank account. Oh. With one of these again no explanation i know so immediately it was like the daughter's account and she was like look dad i'm a billionaire yeah and he was like no no we're gonna call him yeah 50 billion like what the heck who screwed up this one and uh he called the bank and was like don't know what's going on but there's a you know a five with a lot of zeros behind it my daughter's account and they were like oops and immediately it just like said minus 50 billion in the account and then was gone two days later uh, and the bank gave him no explanation just like a major oopsie oh uh, just leave him a chunk and though man Damn. i just 
I just wonder what would have happened if they hadn't said anything at all. If it was that big of an oopsie. Right. I don't know. It is scary, though, because, <laughs> you know, it's all just tracked right there. And, like, if you spend it and it's not really your money. Mm. But it's not like you made the mistake, but we did. There was that story of that lady that did go to jail for spending money deposited accidentally into her account. That was a, quite a few bowls ago. Remember that one? I think that on the $50 billion, if you acted quickly enough, you could afford, like, some new identities, you know? That'd be what I'd be Ooh. buying. Just buy, like, the, the vehicle, new identity, this, this. And just ditch it. And yeah, then by the time good. they start calling you freaking out, you already have a new phone and shit. Yeah, it's not you. That's you, not me. You have some help, you know? You can... You could hire a guy for a, <laughs> a while to be like your fucking dude, man. I don't know. I don't know. For $50 billion, I think you could make it happen. I think you could uh, figure out an exit strategy for forever. Yeah. And you wouldn't even have to spend all of it. Yeah. You could just kind of get situated before anybody figures it out. That's just my guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. What do we know? I do know that we've lost a... A hero, though. Uh-oh. A world treasure. The tallest horse in the world, Big Jake, has died. Oh. Yep. He was certified by the Guinness Book of World Records in 2010. He's a Belgian. He was beautiful. He was six foot ten and weighed 2,500 pounds. Uh, and he died at the ripe old age of 20. Damn. Rest so, in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Big Jake. They're keeping his stall as a memorial and not putting any other horses in it. He lived in Wyoming. Just mm. all this fun facts. And this next story comes from Wyoming also. A Wyoming man called the police and asked why he wasn't arrested. I called the police. So the dispatcher was like, I'm sorry? Oh. Why should you have been arrested? Why? Right. Why? And he said, well, you know, the cops raided my house yesterday, and I've been smoking meth. Oh, Jesus. Well, they hadn't raided his house. <laughs> there was no raid on his house. But he did decide to get in his car and go for a drive later that evening, and just so happened to be pulled over. You know, just a coincidence here. And, uh, and uh, they, you know, administered a sobriety test, and he failed pretty badly. And they found that he was driving under the influence of meth. Mm. So, call and ask why he didn't get arrested. Get arrested. Yeah, never tell on yourself. That's a bad idea. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but just don't talk to the police. Get a lawyer. Let your lawyer do the talking. Don't say anything. Yeah. Just don't talk. Just shush. Shush, shush, shush. Yeah, shush. Shush, man. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, yeah, sure, just my opinion. Not legal <laughs> advice here. But the owners of a Chinese restaurant in Portland, Maine, decided to order a custom dumpling machine from China to help them fulfill demand for their frozen dumplings. But it ended up in Portland, Oregon. Oh, so close. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they had to pay about what the machine was worth to get it rerouted to the correct Portland. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a big jump, Maine to Oregon. 
Yeah, Portland to Portland. China. That's what you get for ordering products from China. <laughs> Look, I know you're a Chinese restaurant, but this is America. Make the dumpling machine. <laughs> oh, man. That's expensive, though. I know, I know. But you know what also is expensive is Chinese screw-ups like that. Send it to the wrong Portland, and you got to pay to get it back where you are. No doubt. And you know what is also expensive is uh, when you get so mad at McDonald's for not including your dipping sauce with your McNuggies <laughs> that you call them and threaten to blow up the store and punch a few people. Because you're going to get arrested if you do that. And that's expensive. You got legal yeah. fees. got to find a lawyer. No good. That happened to a guy in Ankeny, Iowa. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep. Just this past week. I got family in Ankeny, Iowa. You do. You do. That's funny. The girl's great, great uncle, as they call him. <laughs> yeah. He's so great. They call him great twice. And uh, he's not great in the familial term at all. He's a great guy. But, you know, he's just their grand uncle. Well, shoot. Maybe that well, is that a great is a uncle. Great uncle. Oh, yeah. Here I am. What do I know? Just harden, harden the bowl. Yeah, that's what you do back here, man. Exactly. That's the way it goes. And remind everyone that it's 710 this Saturday. So happy 710, everyone. Yeah, get your oil in on 710. And your skinny dipping. Skinny dipping day. We're up on all the holidays around here. That's right. This is America. We have the greatest of holidays. Yeah. We have the greatest of times. All the clothing optional times. Your heart could desire. Yeah, here in the bowl on another Token Tuesday. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's ready to get out of the bowl there. Meh. Just had to do a little switcheroo. A little switcheroo, switcheroo-dee-doo. Hey, Phone Boy was born during clothing optional week. Oh. Nude recreation week. That means get out there and uh, play some volleyball or... Leisurely cook some burgers on your back deck. That's what I did today. Just take a walk. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't take a walk. Just Unless it's your acreage and you got some woods. Trampoline. There you go. Now there's Ooh. an idea. Well, thanks so much for hanging out, everybody, on another Token Tuesday. We've had a lot of fun. Thank you for your voicemails. Thank you for your courage, your inspiration. And your ear holes. I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. Until next Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. And everyone's like, ah, oh, right, cool, kinky, yeah, right, ah, oh, nice, look. Democrats, fuck all the Republicans, MAGA for life. Peace. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowlafterbowl.com